This is 602 Create driver Logan Watt, and you're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. Another episode of the Four Wide Salute Podcast presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Check out Line Decker Racing Engines on Facebook. Pop that name right into your search bar and voila, there it is. So Lebanon Valley Speedway has announced a new name for their spring super dirt race. If you guys remember last year, that event along with their Labor Day event both had the same name. One was Mr. Dirt Track and one was Mr. Dirt Track USA. So to uh, alleviate some confusion amongst the fans and drivers, teams, whatever. This year, the spring race will now be called the King of Spring 100. That event will run in late May with the first place prize of $13,500 up top to win. And then, of course, Mr. Dirt Track USA will be around Labor Day like it always is. Also, the... Dominant driver at Lebanon Valley last year, Mr. Andy Bichetti, has announced he will be returning to Lebanon Valley as his home track on Saturday nights for 2022. There were some rumors out there that possibly he'd be going to Orange County to chase some money. I think even Andy himself may have been a little uh, drawn on by those rumors. That did come out of their banquet, and he will be returning to the West Lebanon, New York track in 2022. Also, if you guys remember the SNS, uh, I believe it's Asphalt Paving sponsorship that was on Kenny Tremont's car for years and years and years, they separated. That owner is Kevin Starchak. He did run a number nine car at Lebanon Valley last year with uh, Asphalt driver Chase Dowling behind the wheel at some point. Matt Williamson drove it once or twice. And then late last year, He hired the White Knight, or the Dark Knight, depending on what car he's driving. Uh, Mark Johnson drove that car at Eastern States and also Super Dirt Week. Now, Mark Johnson will be the driver of that car on a weekly basis at Lebanon Valley Speedway for 2022. So, good to see Mark Johnson returning to Lebanon Valley Speedway. And non-modified news Something I wanted to touch on, which I think is a really cool story coming out of Port Royal Speedway. Any of you who got the chance to watch the 410 show last Sunday, I believe I even touched on it on last week's episode. Little bit of uh, controversy going on with Logan Wagner and Anthony Macri. There was a slide job by Wagner coming out of four that... They got into a little bit of a tussle. Logan ended up backwards on the front stretch. And then, unfortunately, running in the back, got himself caught up with a a back marker or fuel filler, whatever you want to call them. Ended up in a wreck that put him behind the pit wall for the night. But it did come out this past week that those two have communicated and they're putting their BS aside off the track. There's still going to be some type of rivalry on track, I would presume. But in order to um, make it good for the public, because, you know, I guess they both saw a lot of people sharing the video footage of the wreck and the altercation as Logan approached Macri's cockpit. And a lot of negative comments came out of that. And I guess they want to kind of nip this in the bud. So they... I don't know how this is going to work going forward. I'm guessing this will roll into next week's events. But for yesterday's race at Port Royal that was supposed to happen, I'll touch on that in a moment. They were going to take portions of each of their merchandise sales and donate it in a joint effort to a two-year-old who has been diagnosed with B-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Back in February, she's being treated in Hershey at the Penn State Children's Health Center. And they um, were going to donate this money, you know, to help her continue her treatments of chemo or whatever the case may be. Now, like I said, I'll touch on Port Royal's events. But 
I would assume this is now going to roll into next week and they're not going to give up on this effort. Such a cool thing. I wish more drivers would, um, you know, kind of do this. I see it in, um, for instance, Tom Brady. You know, there's been controversy over this final touchdown pass that was purchased for over 500 grand. Um, and now he's out of retirement, so that's not going to be his last touchdown pass. And Brady has now given the gentleman money. He gave him Bitcoin. I don't think it's probably worth the full value of what the guy paid, but he gave him money in form of Bitcoin. And he's also donating to a charity of this gentleman's choosing. That's awesome. I wish there were, I mean, I've seen where drivers have gotten injured severely and they do helmet drives. We've done them in Diamond. Um, you know, Lance DeWeese donated proceeds of his sales to whatever the, the cause was. And I think it's really cool. I know some teams can't afford it because they, for those of you who don't know, drivers don't make a whole lot of money off of sales. Um, paraphrasing from one modified team had told me if they were to sell all of their hoodies and t-shirts they purchased for the year, they might be able to buy one fresh tire with the money they're making off of it. So these guys ain't making a whole lot of money off of merchandise. Now, there are individuals such as a Lance DeWeese or, um, you know, let's go into your touring guys, of course. You know, your your shots and them have huge haulers full of merch. I'm sure they're making more money. But guys locally, so like Lance, you know, he does have a wide variety of merchandise, a variety of T-shirts and hoodies and hats and beanies and you name it, he's got it. Yes, they're probably making more money than someone like Macri, who's got a couple of different items, but not a ton of different items. So to see them donating a portion of that money that maybe can go to help them as far as their team goes, to take that money away from the team and to give it to a good cause, that is awesome to see. I hope it continues. I hope we see more of this as a trend and, um, you know, going forward. But again, uh, awesome to see two guys that had a scuffle on Sunday, talk it out and come together for a joint cause. Now, if you're on Twitter, you may be a little surprised at this because apparently they've been going back and forth all week. And kudos to Danny Dietrich for being the run-in, in wrestling terms, the run-in, and um, adding in some clever input. We'll put it that way. So if you guys want some entertainment, go follow these guys on Twitter. It is highly, highly entertaining. On to your results. So I already covered last Sunday because the episode came out a day late. Thanks to Sunday's events. We're going to fast forward to Thursday. Power Eye Midgets, the competing series to USAC Midgets, kicked off their season Turnpike Challenge Port City Raceway in Oklahoma. Christopher Bell, come out your winner over Bryant Wiedemann, Mitchell Moles, Dominic Gordon, and Jonathan Beeson running out your top five. Also on Thursday, Extreme Dirt Car Series had two makeup events scheduled for this weekend, starting with Thursday at Lakeview Motor Speedway in South Carolina. That unfortunately was canceled due to an unfavorable forecast. I'm not 100% certain how that works, but South Carolina did race on Friday and Saturday, and it looked beautiful. So uh, on to your weekend national stuff. Let's start with Super Dirt. You know, I am a modified guy, so I can't not start with that. Friday and Saturday, Atomic Speedway in Ohio, 10 grand to win Friday, 12 grand to win Saturday, which is good money for Super Dirt. Unfortunately, this was canceled earlier in the week. Unfavorable forecast once again. And from what I have read, it did get a lot worse. So they did... Um, save guys a lot of travel time, a lot of fuel, and they are trying to schedule a makeup date. Let's uh, see how that comes about, and I'll let you guys know if that does get rescheduled. World of Outlaw Sprints Friday, Bakersfield Speedway, California, 10,000 to win. Did get a chance to watch this entire feature when I got home from the Grove on Friday, and boy, was it eventful. Spencer Baston was your pole sitter for, I believe that's three times in the last four races as a Friday night. That's incredible because I believe he had the pole at both Tulare shows 
And then, of course, this one. He was leading. Gravel was second. Enrico Abreu was third at one point in this race. And Sheldon Hawnshill got sideways and stopped in three and four. Now, for those of you who don't know, Bakersfield Speedway is a quarter-mile track. Not a lot of room. Spencer came in on the high side, ended up Tommy tip over on his side right at Sheldon. Gravel clipped Sheldon, and then Rico clipped Gravel's front end. Um, very eventful. I don't know that I've seen, with the exception of a weather issue, have I seen the top three end up all under the same caution like that. That was, that was baffling to see. Which gave the lead to Gio Selzy, and he was fortunate enough to hold on to that lead and picked up the victory over Corey Day, Brad Sweet, Carson Macedo, and James McFadden. Fun facts from this finish, Gio Selzy and Corey Day, Gio's 20, Corey Day's 16. That is the youngest ever top two finishers in a World of Outlaw sprint car event. Corey Day is also the youngest to runner-up or podium at his age of 16. And if I'm not mistaken, he has until I believe August. If he picks up a victory, he will become the youngest winner in World of Outlaw Spring Car history. Glad to know, um, you know, I've always questioned where did Jason Myers disappear to after his success in the um, late 2000s, I guess it was. And he is actually the one behind Corey Day's ride and he's the crew chief of that car. So nice to see him. He's still around and rubbing off on a nice 16-year-old teenager that has the world to accomplish in front of him. So cool to see that. Brad Sweet was your third-place finisher with Carson Macedo and James McFadden rounding out your top five. Saturday night's World of Outlaws Sprint's SoCal Showdown Paris Auto Speedway. California once again, 10 grand to win. This was the California finale for their three-week stay out there. Glad they got their shows in, except for, I believe, one rain out. David Gravel rebounded from Friday night's events to pick up the victory over Corey Day. Once again, runner-up over Carson Macedo, Brad Sweet, and Sheldon Holland Shield rounding out your top five. Lucas Oil ASCS Hammer Hill Showdown Friday and Saturday, I-30 Speedway in Arkansas. Friday night's feature went to Derek Hager over Landon Britt, Ryan Timms, Aaron Reutzel and Wayne Johnson running in your top five. And last night's feature went to A.A. Ron himself, Aaron Reutzel, over Howard Moore, Matt Covington, Blake Hahn, and Dale Howard. On to our late models, World of Outlaw late models. Also co-sanctioned with the Extreme Dirt Car Series. This was a combo show. They had a ton of cars. They had 42 last night, maybe the same the night before. The Rock Galt Memorial Cherokee Speedway in South Carolina. This would be the finale to events for the Extreme Dirt Car Series. Friday night's feature, 10 grand to win, went to downtown Michael Brown over the Reaper Ryan Gustin, Max Blair, Dennis Herb Jr., and Dalton Wilson running out your top five. Awesome, awesome to see downtown Michael Brown picking up that victory. That was so cool. His crew is so pumped afterwards. Saturday night's feature, 20 grand to win. So Brandon Shepard, outside pole sitter, leading this thing pretty much, I would say, checked out. Cruise control, I thought this was his in the bag. A The lap car, Brett Larson, in turn four, seemed to hit a rut. The car jumped to the right where Shepard was, and B-Shep ended up backwards, parked in turn four. Unfortunately, did not necessarily really rebound from that. I think he ended up 13th. But the victory went to Max Blair. Now, Max, interesting day. Time trials, they get two laps. He comes across on the first lap, goes into turn four, jumps a cushion, hits the wall, broken drive shaft on the car. If he would not bring that same car out for his heat race, I believe he loses his time from qualifying and you have to go to the rear. They got the thing fixed and here he is in victory lane. Over the boss Ross Bales, Dalton Wilson, Hudson O'Neill, and Clay Knight rounding out your top five. 
Going into the event, Ross Bales was 15 or 17 points behind Ben Watkins as Ross had issues on Friday night late in that race and was able to rebound to take back his lead. Ross Bales is your 2022 Extreme Dirt Car Series champion. XR Super Series Bristol Dirt Nationals Friday and Saturday, $50,000 to win both nights. Chris Smokey Madden took home the $50,000 on Friday over Dale McDowell, Brandon Overton, Jonathan Davenport, and Mike Marler. Last night's feature went to Chris Ferguson. It's Fergie time, baby, over Scott Bloomquist, Ricky Weiss, Jonathan Davenport, and Ricky Thornton Jr. And if I'm not mistaken at this point in time, Davenport has not won a feature yet. Oof. That means that when they get their shit together, look out. Mars Racing Series, Friday and Saturday, the Thaw Brawl, awesome name of an event, Davenport Speedway in Iowa. This also was canceled earlier in the week due to, you guessed it, unfavorable forecast. USAC Sprints and Midgets, yesterday, open wheel opening day, Lucas Oil, Indianapolis Raceway Park, 5000 to win for each. This was postponed. Interesting enough, they made a statement in regards to what they expect in order to race. It must be over 50 degrees and a forecast of less than 80% chance of rain. I wonder if other series do this or if there are tracks out there that do this, but that's interesting. Of course, we've seen places like Lincoln run the icebreaker in February and it's fucking cold. We see modifieds do it. We've seen late models do it. Um, interesting, though, for these guys that there's a stipulation like that in place. This one was postponed to August 1st, part of the NASCAR IndyCar weekend at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So might see some crossover guys toy around maybe with a sprint or a midget. I'm sure there will be some, but maybe some uh, surprises. Who knows? Power Eye Midgets Friday and Saturday, the second and third day of the Turnpike Challenge. This time they were at I-44 Riverside Speedway, also in Oklahoma. Buddy Kofoid victorious on Friday night over Christopher Bell, Cannon McIntosh, Chase McDermott, and Brennan Crouch. Thursday and Friday's events also featured the Power Eye 600 Micros. Just to let you know, Christopher Bell happened to win both of those. On to Saturday where Christopher Bell was not in attendance. He had some duties down at Circuit of the Americas in Austin for his cup deal. Buddy Kofoy victorious once again on Saturday over Kenny McIntosh, Bryant Wiedemann, Brenham Crouch, and Jade Abadizian. Friday night locally, Williams Grove ventured out to this one. 410 feature went to Dylan Norris over Kyle Reinhardt, Ryan Smith, Brent Marks, and Justin Peck. Also on the card was the ULMS Super Late Models. The Dork from York, Rick Eckert, victorious over Greg Satterley, Gene Knob, Jason Covert, and Jared Miley. And yes, before I catch heat for calling him the Dork from York, Rick Eckert, of course, everyone calls him Scrub. There was a point in time on one of Rick's shirts back in the day. It said the Dork from York on the back. With an awesome cartoon drawing. Don't hate me for that. Bridgeport Motorsports Park Kingdom of Speed Weekend. Friday night, Mass 305's victory went to Vermont's Johnny Scarborough over Larry McVeigh, Rory Janney, Tim Yulg, and Jeff Paulson. 602 crate underdog race on the card as well. Victory went to Wayne Weaver, and the street stock feature went to Lee Allen. They were supposed to run Saturday and Sunday as well. URC on the card for Saturday, along with, I want to say, modified practice, crate practice, a whole bunch of stuff. And then, of course, today was supposed to be the Doug Hoffman Memorial 60 lapper, six grand to win for the modifieds, along with, again, crates and four and eight cylinders, I believe. Unfortunately, that portion of the three-day show did get canceled. High winds, cold temperatures, keeping uh, everybody's equipment in bay for now. Saturday, 
Port Royal unfortunately did cancel due to snow in the area. And Lincoln did run. 4-10 victory went to Danny Dietrich over Justin Peck, Jim Siegel, Alan Crimes, and Justin Whittle. Once again, a ton of passing at Lincoln during the feature. I think they've got their stuff rolling pretty well. Past 305s were also on the card. Victory going to Doug Dodson over Cruz Kepner, Logan Spar, Ken Duke Jr., and Dominic Malaya running at your top five. Those were your results. On to our upcoming events, and they're getting bigger and bigger. So today, Sealands Grove Speedway was going to run a 410 show. Unfortunately, they canceled due to the cold temperatures. Next Saturday, Grandview Speedway kicking off their 60th season. Bruce Rogers Memorial Moneymaker 50 lapper. Nope, this year, 60 lapper. So good luck to Grandview on their season. They got brand new uh, wheel and lights on the inside. Uh, Their caution lights are now on the inside, not on the outside of the track. They put a whole bunch of new lights up. So congrats to them and uh, hopefully a great season. Bridgeport Motorsports Park, Ron Faison Memorial 305 Sprint Nationals. Saturday, Mass 305s, USAC East Coast 602 Crates and Street Stocks. And Sunday, Modified 50 Lapper 5000 to win. And Mass 305s are also on the card as well. Saturday, Short Track Super Series North Region Elite Series event number three, technically two. At this point, because of the rain out in Georgetown, Hard Clay Open, Orange County Fair Speedway, $25,000 to win. I'm thinking that 44 is going to be really tough to beat, but I'm not saying which 44. Keep that in mind. World of Outlaw Sprints, Tuesday night special, Vado Speedway Park in New Mexico, $10,000 to win. Friday night, Lawton Speedway in Oklahoma. 10000 to win on that one. And Saturday, Texas Outlaw Nationals, Devil's Bowl Speedway in Texas, 10000 to win. World of Outlaw Late Models Friday and Saturday, the Illini 100, Farmer City Raceway in Illinois. Saturday night's feature, picking up twenty grand to win. XR Super Series. Bristol Dirt Nationals still going on this week and weekend coming up. There will be a points champion for all four Bristol dates for the super late models. I'm assuming also for their divisions. The super late model point champion for the four dates at Bristol will take home a hefty $100,000. Friday night's event, of course, pays $50,000 to win. And also Saturday, same thing. We could uh, we could see a legend in the making. Fergie's got 50. Madden's got 50. We'll see what happens. But Davenport might be the point leader at this point with two fourth place finishes. See what happens. Tune in to XR. I believe it's racerxr.com for your Bristol uh, streaming services. World of Outlaw Late Models and Sprints always on Dirt Vision. Short Track Super Series on flow bridgeport on flow grandview i don't believe is streaming anything they're hit or miss some of their events they do some they don't uh those are your upcoming events as always thank you to all our followers and subscribers it goes a mile for all your likes and shares on facebook and twitter smash the five star rating button on all your podcast platforms that's so huge and also a big thank you out to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown and Company Incorporated for the support as always. On to this week's episode. We're going nothing but Woodhall, baby. Woodhall Raceways 23-time track champion, Mr. Billy Van Pelt. Yes, he was known as Instant Heat for quite some time from the sponsorship on the car. Now it is Two Rivers Timbers. Uh, Billy's a good dude. Billy um, got a chance to meet Billy at Thunder Mountain a couple years ago. Very sociable, very knowledgeable, and uh, always happy to talk to fans and, um, you know, crews and teams alike. Billy is at the point now where he's not running for points at Woodhall. I'll let him tell you more about that. And, uh, of course, get into him running with his brother, Kurt, 
you know, how he got to start and what his plans are for 2022. So hope you guys uh, dig that. Got another interview scheduled this week with one of my all-time favorites. I cannot wait for that one. All by request from a fan who requested this this uh, guest, and I was able to set it up. So it shows if you have a request, send it my way. I might be able to make things happen. But as always, until next time, enjoy the show. Bill Brown and Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud dirt track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown and Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports dirt track racing through the sponsorship of the number 11 modified driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses of Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the Four Wide Salute Podcast. You can reach Bill Brown and Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. On this week's episode of the Four Wide Slew Podcast, I have with me the 23-time track champion from Woodhall Raceway, Mr. Billy Van Pelt. Billy, 23 championships at Woodhall. I mean, are you trying to reach a certain number at this point? Uh, to be honest with you, no. <laughs> and by the way, hi, Casey. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, at this point, no. Uh, I sure have enjoyed a good run. Uh, my plan this year is uh, I'm going to call it myself my, my own fun series. Okay. Um, I'm not going to follow the Dale, Dale series all the way through, and I'm not going to follow Woodhall all the way through. And uh, I'm going to take a vacation in the middle of summer. I'm going to try to go hit maybe a couple of BRP Western Pennsylvania races. Okay. Uh, with the Hoosier tires, and I'm, I'm just going to play. Okay. Um, the crew that I have, we my main guy that works for me him and his wife uh we got to take vacation together when we do races uh the dale races and stuff like that it's usually it's two days and uh plus you know trying to get ready for the weekend too and uh they both work saturday so friday night if we do a friday night we're just going to do just friday and not worry about saturday yeah uh just just you know, I got a great crew, and it's just a lot of work. And instead of just beating everybody to death, we're just going to try to have fun. And that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, like we said, all them track championships, and you know, your goals change after a while, and what you're trying to accomplish. And it's pretty cool that you're going to try and venture out. Have you ever been to them BRP tour stops before? Uh, many, many years ago, when they first did it. Um, I used to drive for Butch Rap out there. To, I used to run uh, Knox and Tri-City for him. And the cool thing is now his son drives. So, And we're still great friends, and we still communicate with each other. And uh, Like I said, I'd like to plan on trying to go out there a couple of times and meeting up with some old friends. Uh, Brian Swarthlander is a good friend of mine out there and just things like that. So it's, it's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. And I did – Take notice to the the new old paint scheme on the car this year. Uh, <laughs> what was the whole thought process behind the throwback? My dad has been asking me for four years to do one of his cars that he owned when I go for dad. Uh, my dad is now 83 years old, so it's time to do it before something happens. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's it's a sharp looking race car and it it still has a touch of the newer stuff. I mean, of course, now things are are wrapped now, not necessarily hand painted, but it definitely has a nice old school feel to it as well. I like it. Well, thank you. I think uh, Dean Pilot did an awesome job knocking it out of the park. Uh, it is a purple, a real, real dark purple. I told him, I said, it looks black from a distance, but it's got to be purple. So, yeah, he did that. He didn't know if it would work or not, but he did awesome. Yeah, it looks really, really good. So, um, you know, you bring up when you race dad's car, you know, where did your career actually start? I mean, what was the first race car you got into? Uh, actually, a modified. Okay. Uh, my brother got a brand new modified. Um, it was an 82 Troyer. 
they let me hot lap at outlaw. I think I was only 15, 16 years old. And uh, I drove a late model once. They told me I was going to get a chance to drive that when I was 16. And uh, that I shouldn't have even been in it because I didn't really fit in it. I had to slide down in the seat, open it up, look under the top of the steering wheel to go down the straightaway. <laughs> when I got to the corner, I would slide up into the seat to see what I was doing to turn the car through the corner. <laughs> uh, shouldn't have been in it. Uh, but hey, I got to do it. It was fun. Um, and then when my brother went to drive for Sherwoods, uh, for the Harold Sherwood and that group, um, dad had the car and he asked me if I wanted to run it. So we still had that, had a modified. So I got to jump in that and uh, start my career in 87. Okay. And did you, and you started your career at Outlaw then? No, I, at Woodhall. Okay. So you, okay. So you hot lapped it. I had I hot lapped a car at uh, Outlaw when we uh, had a when they got that new car and they let me go out and play with that one time. I okay. mean, I probably wasn't real fast, but I was fast enough to to play. Yeah, you know, uh, I did a lot of at twelve years old. I was starting racing on snowmobiles, and um, when I was seventeen, eighteen, I was running racing uh, three rollers and four. Oh, that's cool. That's a, mm-hmm. di- that's a different kind of start. You know, a lot of guys nowadays have ran quarter midgets or they've ran slingshots or micros. You went a different different route. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to race snowmobiles at 12. I raced uh, a lot of ice ovals. Um, won the championship or two uh, at the old uh, Sport Snowville Club, and it used to be the PSSA Tour. Oh, wow. Um, so we got to do that, and I got to go to the World Series once of snowmobiles. A lot of cool things. We went up to Odessa Lake up there by Watkins Glen and raced up there, and I got to win up there. Um, then I was on my own doing three-wheelers and four-wheelers. Um, they used to call Circle K Speedway, and they were doing it on Sundays. And The funny part was I had a 200X, and then I rode my brother's 350X. Uh, and then people were having me run their stuff, too, so I ended up on a 250R and a... 250 Suzuki quad. <laughs> I was like jumping from one to the other. So it was pretty cool. I mean, and you could have continued to do that stuff too. What made you ultimately want to run a dirt car? Well, that's what my family always did was uh, play with race cars. And my, like I said, my dad owned a car. And when my brother went driving for Sherwoods, the seat was open and he asked me to jump in. And okay. um, I got to get in it, and all I had to do was learn how to drive it. They already knew how to make the car work. Right, right. So did your family always run at Woodhall, even before you started? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's very unique to see guys that run places like a Woodhall and have run it for so many, so many years and, of course, been so successful, too. Um, you know... I, I, I want to ask the question to people that haven't ever been to Woodhall, and it seems like, at least down in my direction, there's a lot of people that haven't been to Woodhall. What would you tell them is the reason they need to come check it out? Uh, on a normal Saturday night, there is more than one lane of racing. Uh, there's, there's a lot of good races there, even in the... Uh, hobby stock i mean that's like one of my favorite classes to watch uh they do a lot of throwback nascar scenes and stuff and they put on a hell of a good race uh i like watching those guys and uh, i like watching the sportsmen's but it's usually more than one lane um usually got great racing it's usually top and bottom uh you get stuck once in a while behind them because you get guys racing side by side and it's hard to pass sometimes but it's usually throughout the whole race on modifies it very seldom there's a one lane racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I've been there once, um, was fortunate to see the three sixty sprint cars up there and Oh my God, they put on an amazing show. Um, I've been dying to get up there when the ULMS late models are up there too. Cause I can't imagine that's a fun race to watch too. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, but you know, thankfully, with the available to watch it on Flow Racing now, when when Brett has his series up there, it's an amazing race to watch. It really is. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Dale isn't having a race at Woodhall this year. Really? But yeah, so 
our tracks went ahead and going to do it anyway, but it's going to be on a Saturday instead of a midweek. Uh, still going to pay 5,000 win. That's and good. it's in the beginning of August. Or, uh, it's either 5,000 or 5,500. Uh, go on their website. Look at the schedule. It's on there. Uh, but they've got like three or four shows this year. The, uh, the opener is going to be two green to win. Uh, the fireworks night, I think that's 2,500 to win, um, which is usually the weekend before the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. So there's some good paying races. And then at the end of the year, I think it's another 2,000 or 2,500 to win. Yeah. I mean, I did see, I saw on their Facebook page, Woodhall's doing a lot of good things this year. They're upping their staff. They're redoing their website. They've made a, a lot of advancements. Uh, you know, to attract attention for people to come there. And, you know, it's, it is a good place to go see a race. If you want to see something a little bit different, at least for what we're used to down here, you know, it is only what a third of a mile. Yeah. It's a third mile racetrack. So it's a lot of action. It's a stop and go racetrack. Yep. Uh, It's not like uh, there's other third miles we go to that. You don't really slow down a lot. You run the, run it pretty hard all, all the way through. And this, this place, it's a little track, and it races like a little track. Uh, that's what's so fun about it. You've got a lot off. You've got to be able to uh, maintain, you know, holding your car underneath you while you're going through the corner uh, and then try to go again. So, I, you know, just to give you a rough idea, my low RPM in the middle of the corner is like uh, 2,800 to 3,000 or 3,200 RPM. And then at the end of the straightaway, you know how short it is, I'm turning uh, 8,200. Oh, wow. So that's really, it's a shot down and go again. Yeah. It's almost like a Martinsville. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's almost high bank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's almost identical as far as the, the hairpin nature of it. Um, you know, have you noticed a, a huge difference when you go to run somewhere else? I know, I know I ran into Atlanta legends the other year, uh, running a, a super dirt stop. I mean, is it a huge, huge difference when you go to run a bigger track? Uh, yeah. yeah, because you, the way you have to drive the car. Okay. Uh, quite a bit different. And is it hard to adjust yourself from just from running Woodhall so much? Is it is it hard to get yourself out of some of them habits? Uh, sometimes, yes. Uh, but the other thing is, is uh, my setup works really good at Woodhall. Uh, I need to get better as we go away. Um, I'm not fast enough to change what I need to change to get better at some of the bigger tracks. And I've been getting notes or better notes. And that's why we're kind of playing this year, try to get better notes. So I can go to some of them other tracks and on a weekly basis and, you know, see what we're missing and maybe, uh, maybe get better. Right. Have you, um, have you ventured into running, trying to run super dirt week over the past 20 years? I mean, have you, have you taken Uh, that route? We used to run Syracuse uh, with the 358. Okay. Uh, but, but Woodhall doesn't have that rule. So Woodhall's more geared towards uh, more of the Dale stuff now. Um, but years ago, what happened is a lot of the guys were getting to the point where they're getting tight on money. And in order to save their motors, uh, we opened them up to what they call the 370 motor. And they allowed them to bore out them blocks a little bit bigger and start playing. Well, then it got to the point where everybody was just building 370s instead of just saving a little money. But right, uh, that was the whole idea of it at the time. That way, they didn't have to spend three thousand dollars on a block. So I mean, and with all the the shorter bullring type tracks like Accord, Afton, even going into like a five mile point in a pen can, have you ventured down to any of those places? Oh, yeah. Uh, throughout the years, I've been to Five Mile Point, Pin Can. I go to Afton. Uh, back when I ran the 358, the Dirt Series, I actually ran Afton on Friday night, Woodhall on Saturday. So we did that. What do you think of those places? Do they, do they compare at all to, to Woodhall? No, no, nothing. <laughs> Woodhall's its own breed. <laughs> uh, probably the only thing that had the closest to the same baking is Lebanon Valley. Okay. Okay. Uh, but no place has uh, the banking of Woodhall, and it's you know, like we go to Little Valley. That's a half mile, really flat, but you've got to drive it like Woodhall, but you drive it straighter. 
Okay. You got to shut it down because of the way the corner is. And it actually, when you're going around slow, it does have a slight bank to it. But when you're racing, it feels like it banks the wrong way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Where's Little Valley at? Uh, up by Olean, New York. Okay. They don't race there now. They raced there for quite a few years. They were running a, they run a modified race at the end of the year. And I think now it's been four years oh, wow. since they've had a race up there, but they run late models. They only ran specials and what they were doing, it's a fairground up there. Okay. And they were running races and then taking the money they were earning and fixing up the place. And through the years, you could see what the, what it done because they tore down a lot of the old horse barns, built up new horse barns for the fair, did a whole bunch of stuff and really cleaned the place up. Uh, but now that it's all cleaned up, they don't need the money anymore. And I, from what I understand, the old group that was doing it wanted to retire and move on, and they didn't. Nobody else wanted to take on the burden and keep it going. All right. Yeah, and unfortunately, that happens. I see there's a couple of tracks up there that will pop up every once in a while, and I didn't even know they ran uh, modifieds on them. And now they'll pop up every once in a while, and oh crap, they ran a big race and didn't even know it was happening. Mm -hmm. It's the nature of the beast, right? Yep. Um, Freedom Motorsports Park. Yes. Yes. Up in that place, they do the kind of the same thing. They'll run a race at the end of the year. And, um, it was American Racers, and we actually raced there for two years because he was trying to get a crowd there, and he finally gave up on us. And but we were only getting twelve, thirteen cars. Yeah, it's Good tough. Cars. It's tough. I mean, especially with the state of New York. I mean, there's so many good tracks and they pretty much have to run a Friday or Saturday if you're really trying to draw. And there's a lot of places for guys to go. That's the unfortunate part of it. Yep. So, um, yep. let's talk this upcoming season. You know, you said you're going to kind of just run a, a fun tour for yourself and what, um, what events besides the BRP stuff are you planning to hit? Well, the first one I'd like to hit is, uh, the opener for the icebreaker there at Mercer. Uh, I'd like to hit that one. Uh, I definitely like to get back to tri city and hit that race because it's been a long time since I've been there and I've won a couple races there. Uh, like to get back to that one and see if we'll see how we do. Um, I'm going to have to learn my Hoosier tires all over again. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we're just, you know, that's the first, a couple, um, like to hit a court on the on the Dale series. Um, we're going to see what happens for Fonda and uh, at the end of the year, try to get back to Port Royal. Uh, I would love to come back to Big Diamond and race again. I love that place. That place is just a ball. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll work on that for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love to promote that place there as much as I could to get us guys back there because that was, like I said, that's just a fun place to go race. Yeah. Um, um, we might run down to Five Mile Point. We might go to Thunder Mountain. I, you know, just I don't know. might go to Utica Rome. Um, and who knows? Maybe uh, because of the half mile stuff that I struggle on. You know, by going to some of this stuff, maybe I'll put somebody else in the car and maybe I can learn something else through setup. But eventually that's what I'm going to do anyway is get out of the car and work on it and work on somebody else's that's driving it. Uh, you know, I'm getting up there in age. I mean, I'm not Alan Johnson's age or anything like that. But, <laughs> you know, it's just I have a lot of fun doing what I do and I really, really like working on them. And uh, I get a lot of phone calls from a lot of guys that, want me to help them uh, so that's been a lot of fun for me i get to go to say you're up to oswego super dirt week every year now and i work in the big bell booth uh, they have me come up and work so oh that's cool yeah so i get to learn a lot there and you know and i got to make a lot of good friends along the way too you know like ryan was super cool guy you know super cool talks to me really very very cordial so you know, that's the kind of stuff that I really enjoy. Yeah, I had I know you've been um helping out your nephew, uh Dylan, right? Yeah, uh, but Dylan now is trying to start his own business, so he's stepping away. 
Okay. Um, his comment was, instead of just being good at a couple of things, why don't it be great at, you know, being just good at a, a whole bunch of things, just let me be great at a couple things, it was his comment. So he's starting to haul cars and stuff, and he's still working as a body man, uh, but he's bought two trailers and uh, trucks, and he's been clear down into North Carolina. He's been out to Chicago. He's been all over the place hauling cars, plus working as a body man. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know how racers are. They don't ever fully step away. He'll be back at oh, some point. Right? I, I would think so, but, you know, right now he's – He's uh, don't have a ride with Patrick. They sold all that stuff, and uh, uh, Patrick has one car, and uh, Ryan Susie has that one. So okay, okay, and I'm sure you know with you being the the king of Woodhall, you get a lot of people that leverage you for advice and help. Uh, you know how cool is that over the years to go from being you know fresh meat yourself to now being the guy in there that people can can look up to and and ask advice from i enjoy it i really do uh, casey if you come to Winhall some saturday night come up to pits and you'll laugh because uh competitor after competitor comes up even that i race with and then uh, sportsman guys uh they come up and they ask a lot of questions and i try to help everybody that's good that's good and i'm just curious you know i would think your biggest competitor up there has got to be uh, Costa, right? Is he also picking your brain for some stuff? Um, I don't know what Corey's doing this year, but Corey was awesome. Uh, he he didn't finish the year out last year. He left. Uh, but he didn't ask me a lot of setup questions. He wanted to beat me. But a lot of the guys around him were coming to me. And <laughs> 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 so... But, you know, Corey made me better. I enjoyed racing with Corey. I like Corey. He's awesome. He's, he's, he's really good. And when he, the game that he brought made me elevate my game. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's one of the things I've asked a couple of different guys that have been around for a while. And, you know, going from being, you know, the blood hungry, take no prisoners kind of mentality to, you know, helping out this next generation that's coming through, you know, and, and you get a little bit of the same answer, but a little, a little variety too. Um, I do want to touch on, you know, your big win with the short track super series at Woodhall. How cool was it to, to get that big win in front of your, your home track fans? It's pretty awesome because I worked and worked and worked to finally get that. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I was close this year. Again, this past year, I was close again. I mean, I made a mistake early on and uh, I had to go to the rear and then I come all the way back up and I actually got to second and then I missed the corner in turn three and then I fell back to fourth and finished fourth. Yeah. But I was, I was coming and I wish the caution would have come out when it did. Cause I had, I was going to be in second and then reel in, uh, I think I could have ruled in the leader. Yeah, yeah. Because I think the leader ended up getting kind of stuck to the bottom, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he stayed on the bottom. He was worried about running the top. Yep. Yeah, that and was a very... I was coming. Yeah, I, I thought for sure that uh, that was yours for the taking, too. Because it was... You know, but from a fan's perspective, too, when one of your competitors your big guys ends up having to go to the rear early it makes it very interesting to watch to see picking up through traffic um you know and that can't be easy to do on a track like woodhall against that kind of field either it's not it's not but it was the good thing was it's one of the tracks that i know real well and um it felt really good to come up through like i did and a lot of people commented on that to me too. I mean, it was just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, the Brett has put together this six race, uh, elite series that has all these really big paying races. Um, do you have some of them lined up that you really want to hit besides Port Royal and Fonda? Um, I'm going to probably hit a couple of them, but, uh, 
at the beginning of the year here down the Cherokee Speedway, I'm, I mean, I still don't have a car together. I was planning on trying to run this weekend, but I'm waiting for parts to come from Powder Coat. Uh, they've had my parts for a couple of weeks and uh, <laughs> found out, we called them this week, and they found out they couldn't get our 4S in Orange. They had... It's not, they're not supposed to get it until tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of slowed us up. Um, I mean, the, the two car that was at the show, that doesn't have the motor yet. The new motor's not here yet. Ah, so, okay. And I need to plumb all the lines and put the dry sump tank in on it. And there's a whole bunch of stuff to do on that car, but it was show ready. Uh, and the other car looks... Uh, that's it's actually Kevin's car, Kevin Chilson, mm-hmm. uh, the 13 car. That was my last year's car, and we got the motor back for that. But I, that's what I need. The rough mounts and the body mounts and the skid rails and all that stuff is getting powder coated, and it's just not here. So, unfortunately, we're not going to probably make it this weekend. <laughs> yeah, are you seeing a lot of things are kind of stuck behind with uh, parts and stuff like that? Not a lot of things, but like, you know, uh, motor parts are, are a little troublesome. Um, like, a, I got my motor back that I've had for the last two years, and then we got a new one coming from Mullen. Uh, that's supposed to be done, but they're waiting on pulleys. Ah, uh, okay. So that'll be, that'll be coming here in a week or two, so. Yeah, I've been hearing all kinds of different things across the board from tires to motors to you name it, and guys can't get it. It's it's unfortunate. It's what it is. And now yes. your off season's getting smaller and smaller. So, yes. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, you did bring up your car was show ready, and I know you know Woodhall gets together with uh, the Arnott Mall every year. And yes. guys put their cars on display. You know, I think I think the car show, not the expos, that's a little different breed, but I think the mall shows are kind of a dying breed nowadays. Um, do you guys see a big turnout at, at the mall for that? Um, this year, the Sunday was better than it has been in the past, but Saturday... We had six, eight inches of snow, and the roads were shitty. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't even go myself. <laughs> I took the car down Friday night. We didn't have no snow or anything yet. And I brought everything home, and or brought my trailer and truck home. And then when I got up Saturday, I made my mind up that I was not going down myself. So I just stayed home and did some other stuff. Yeah. So, snow, unfortunately, likes to play a big part in that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that kind of slowed everything down pretty good. Uh, I think they had somebody, uh, one of the, my buddies that have modified, they were down there, they went, and they said it, uh, it wasn't too bad. Uh, it was a little busy. Now, last year on Saturday, it was freaking nonstop. <laughs> this year, like I said, the snow is what killed it this year. I'm sure that the people would have been there. So do you normally, would you have normally gone down and, you know, maybe took pictures or, or signed autographs or stuff like that, or? Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Absolutely. I usually, I usually, my MO, or when I go to the car show, if the mall opens at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm there at 10 o'clock, and if it closes at 9, I'm there until 9 o'clock at night. That's really cool. That is. You know, other than, other than the fact that I go eat, you know, or disappear for an hour or two, but I'm, I'm there. That's cool. uh, and this year, you know, I was down there by uh, eleven thirty. Mall opened at ten, but I was there by eleven thirty this year, and until uh, closing, and we took the car out. That's pretty cool. That is. How many? Um, how many cars do they normally get for that? Uh, in years past, they used to fill them all. Uh, this year, I don't think they had. They might have had. Uh, 15, 20 cars. That's still not bad. That's still no, not that's bad. not bad. No, no, that's not at all. And, you know, I've noticed, you know, going to motorsports every year, you know, there's some guys that have their car on display, but you don't ever see them, you know, and it's nice to, to hear that just a mall show guys where you don't have to pay admission to get in that 
you know, guys like yourself would go there and sign autographs and take pictures and all that stuff. That's really cool. And, you know, uh, makes the track look really good too, by doing that. Absolutely. Um, I had this year a couple come up and they got their little daughter with them. She might've been five and she won what they call junior fan club last year. And I went out and I usually try to hand them something, but last year I didn't have anything to hand out. And she was at the mall show and I had these little modified sides that pilot made, mm -hmm. uh, which are pretty cool looking. And, uh, they were telling me she was the one that won the junior fan club of the week. And I says, well, just a minute. And I went back and pulled one of them little modified sides out and handed it to her and made her day. So it's stuff like that we do and try to keep the people happy and get the fans happy, you know, and if you can keep the kids interested and they're tugging on mom and dad shirt saying, Hey, let's go, let's go. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, and, and that kid right there could be going to the races for the next 50, 60 years themselves all based off of a good experience like that. That's awesome to hear. Well, Absolutely. As, uh, as we wind down this episode, I want to get into our green, white checkered segment, three random questions and okay. uh, just see what you got. You ready? It's time for green, white checkered on the four wide salute. <laughs> sure. All right. <laughs> when you're on your way to the track, what is usually playing on the radio? Usually we have it turned down and running our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But if something is playing, what are you listening to? Uh, I listen to country. I listen to rock. Doesn't matter. Okay. I like it all. Okay. That's fair enough. I do like, mm -hmm. the, I do like your first answer, though. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question number two. Out of these four food items, which one could you go without eating the rest of your life? Hamburgers, pizza, buffalo wings, or tacos? Tacos. Yeah? Not a big taco guy? I like them, but I, they don't like me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard question for a, a lot of people because there's usually some variety of each that, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to get rid of that one. Okay. <laughs> and uh, number three, who was your childhood celebrity idol? Say that again. Who was the what? Who was your childhood celebrity idol? In racing, my brother. Okay. Okay. And what about non-racing? Oh. As a kid, I liked Evil Knievel. Okay. As I got a little older, I liked uh, Lee Majors, the $6 million man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I'm telling my age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as I've been getting older, I, I used to really think Robin Williams was pretty cool. So, uh, Robin Williams, that's a, that's a guy. Oh, man. I wish he'd still be around. Absolutely. Uh, it's, I feel like he got better with age, right? Mm -hmm. And Evil Knievel, I mean... I I was around for Robbie Knievel, his son. Um, yep. You know, how how big was the Evil Knievel stuff back in the day? It was really big. They had toys. Uh, I actually had the uh, little Harley with the Evil Knievel thing where you wound it up and then you pulled back on it. This little thing that would wind it up and get the bike wound up. And when you pulled back on it or stop it, it would shoot off. Oh, wow. And go across the floor. It was pretty cool. And you had a little ramp. You could make him jump. And then uh, the rocket bike, I had that too. And then I had the little setup for, you know, like his motorhome and stuff for the display. And I actually got to see some of his stuff on display up to Weedsport, New York, here when we went up there one night. Oh, that's cool. That's very cool. Did you, um, have you ever thought about, Designing your next racing suit after Evil Knievel? No. <laughs> <laughs> you draw a lot of attention if you did, I could tell you that much, right? Uh, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. But I'm not Evil Knievel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen some guys do some pretty wild things with their racing suits. That would be uh that would definitely be one of them. Yes, um, it would be. So I know you mentioned your brother, um, you know, Kurt and um you know, how was he your biggest fan, you know, after you got in the car and were able to do the things you were? 
Uh, I think so. Um, I know he really enjoys doing or going with me and working with me, and uh, we do a lot of talking. Uh, but there's a few guys that I talk to as well. But um, I actually got to have Kurt come and be my teammate at one time there when I drove for Ted White. Um, I got him to come race with us for two, three years, and we had a lot of fun together. A lot of fun together. Um, we actually would pick on each other and say, you know, you sure turn to win, but don't fuck up because I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, you know, I I think people might forget, you know, that you guys are racing brothers similar to Alan and Danny. And, uh, you know, down here we have Glenn and Jeff Strunk that raced his brothers as well. Um, no, that's pretty cool. How um is he? He's older than you, right? Yes, my brother's nine years older than you. Nine he's the old. oldest and I'm the youngest. Okay, okay. So you got to watch him when you weren't racing at the time. How cool was it to watch him race before your time? Like I said, he was my hero. <laughs> As I was growing up watching him, he was winning all kinds of races. He won a lot of late model races and championships and then moved into the modifieds and won a lot of those races and championships. And then uh, he went with Harold Sherwood. And then it was kind of, when he went to Dennis Shutt, that was kind of on and off. Because uh, Dennis Shutt was running Smithport Speedway, so he was ended up over there working. They would race uh, on and off there uh, with the modified, with Dennis. Okay. How long has he been out of a race car now? I think since the last one we were driving for Ted, that was uh, 2008, was the last he actually um, run full-time. Now, he's ran a couple of races. Let's see. The last year he actually raced was three years ago. You ever thought about putting him in one of your cars? All the time. Yeah. I usually get him as I usually get him lined up with somebody to race, but uh, unfortunately, he had a heart attack three years or yeah, about three years ago. Uh, okay. um, and now he's on blood thinner, so his wife won't let him. <laughs> yeah. So he keeps telling me he's going to get in my car and hot lap, and I'm like, oh, whatever, buddy. <laughs> that would be that would be awesome, and to do it without letting anyone else know, and then all of a sudden here he is. That would be really really cool. No, that's, mm -hmm. that's awesome. You guys have a good relationship to this day and, you know, he's still around the racing scene and, uh, hasn't, you know, fully taken himself out of it. That's awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we like to do and stuff. And I, I got to tell you one story. He hadn't raced in a while. We were up to Syracuse and I had a hot rod, had a good car okay. qualified in the top 12 and, um, just had a really good hot rod. He showed up on Saturday morning before the race. And he goes, can I take it out? And I'm like, sure. So he put a race suit and I went on a hot rod race car. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I hear a lot of stories from guys, of course, after the fact that, yeah, that wasn't me out there for hot laps. That was my dad or that was my crew chief or that <laughs> was, you know, and it's like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. And it, it's it's <laughs> funny that it happens more than I think people know. And, yep. uh, but, you know, it's all in fun. It's not, you know, no one's trying to finagle anything. It's all for the fun of it. And uh, it's pretty funny when you hear after the fact that someone else was in the car and you had no idea. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> we we talked about that there. Uh, not too long ago, we were talking about it, and he goes, you know, that was probably pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've heard of stories where guys will hop in someone else's car for the feature, and there's been tracks that have to do helmet checks to make sure that it's who they say is in the car is in the car. And I, I, I bet it does happen to this day sometimes that people are trying to pull a fast one on you. Yeah. Usually, usually if I need a different car, I go down and tell them because they make me start last. Right. Well, that's what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've, I've 
I got to do that years ago and uh, driving for Kevin Chilson here. He had a motor that was smoking real bad. And he said, you've already won the championship. I'm running your car. And I said, well, you care if I go ask somebody else? And they had a backup car. And I went down there and they let me in it. And I started last and ended up third. I almost, two more laps, I don't want it. <laughs> so I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story. So back in 2020, when, when COVID hit, um, you know, the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars were doing their iRacing broadcasts. Well, uh, Danny Dietrich was not very good at iRacing and didn't really want to do it. So he got a hold of a buddy of mine and asked him to drive his car on iRacing. Well, all of a sudden, Danny went from being really bad at iRacing to being really good at iRacing. <laughs> and they um, they kept texting Danny during this this race. And like, we need like a live video of you. We want to put it on the television. And he's like blowing them off like i don't have good cell service i don't want to do it whatever 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 of course at the time he's out in like illinois camping somewhere and um <laughs> so my buddy's running this race and he's in like the top five going into the last lap and he's like danny what do i do here he's like if i finish in the top they're gonna want to go live for this he goes well i don't care what you do go out there and win the thing he comes off at turn four and the car goes immediately goes left into the infield. <laughs> and he ended up finishing like 10th or something like that. And uh, it was the funniest thing because there were a handful of us friends knew it was him. But Johnny Gibson doing the whole broadcast had no idea the whole time. And it was just uh, it was a funny one. <laughs> And then he gets a message from Lance Deweese the next week, and he goes, hey, I heard if I need someone to run my car to contact you. And it was this big running joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no. Yeah, all the PA guys do it then, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, sharing some good stories and, uh, you know, promoting Woodhull a little bit. I hope it helps. I hope some people come up and – and check out what's going on this year. Yeah, I hope so too. And uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I'll be sure to see you. Um, I'll definitely be up to Woodhall at some point this year. And uh, now that I have your number, I'll have to get a hold of you to see if you're running that week or if you're going to be at some special race I'll be at and we'll meet up. Perfect. Perfect. I'm just saying, make sure you call me. Make sure I'm there. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely do that. All right. But uh, it was good talking to you, Billy. Thank you, Casey. Have a great time.